and welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network. And we begin with an update on the attack on Israel, the carnage. I mean, Israel is going to win this war. Why Hamas attacked again is, who knows? I mean, you know, the left wing is saying what the left wing always says. It's Israel's fault. You know, it's the, it's the settlements, the Israeli settlements on the West Bank. Uh, NPR, you know, and other media outlets are, are blaming Israel, the usual suspects. I mean, this attack on Israel has nothing to do with territory and everything to do with wiping out the Jews. Hamas is threatening to execute hostages, one hostage for every building that's taken down. Innocent men, women, and children, the elderly, 14 Americans are among the dead. There's a report that some 40 babies were found, many of them decapitated. These people, the Palestinians, are animals, most of them. They're savage beasts, the ones who carried out this attack, and they need to be eradicated, not placated, not appeased, the way they have been by this nitwit in the Oval Office. They need to be killed, wiped from the face of the earth, the way God instructed Joshua to kill the Canaanites. He told them, do not spare any man, woman, or child, or even animal. Now, obviously, it's a a different scenario, the Canaanite practices. It's in Leviticus and Deuteronomy. But, you know, the the Canaanites were worshiping demonic idols. They were engaged in taboo sexual acts. They sacrificed children to the Canaanite gods. I mean, that's, that's the reason God said no more. And God made it clear to the Israelites that it's not because of your righteousness or your integrity that you're going in to take possession of their land, but on account of the wickedness of these actions. Just pure, unadulterated evil, barbarism, Hamas beheading Israeli soldiers. That's up on on the net somewhere. There's a sickening dash cam video, according to Drudge, showing these festival goers being shot point blank. The Gaza uh, civilians were told, look, you stay, you die. And newspapers are blaming Netanyahu. There's a newspaper, I forget which one, probably out in Los Angeles, I think LA Times or the Washington Post, where the, uh, the, the newspaper's publishers were telling the reporters, don't refer to Hamas as, as terrorists. Well, what are they? You had celebrations of this second Holocaust, celebrations in Berlin. Muslims were chanting, gas the Jews in Sydney, Australia. At Harvard University, students were calling uh, the attack, they were blaming Israel. Even Lawrence Summers, who was part of Bill Clinton's administration, Larry Summers, who went to Harvard, said he's never felt more alienated from his alma mater. These are some of our enemies, these, these people, certainly Hamas and, and uh, radical Islam. How many of these people have seeped through our southern border? They're not just coming from Mexico and and Venezuela. They're coming from Pakistan, from Turkey, and from other Middle Eastern countries. How long before we're hit again? How long before that happens? This is about Israel. The Israeli officials are calling for a doomsday response. It's going to be more than commensurate. They're calling for a nuke missile option. Iran's uh, Khomeini is threatening a greater disaster. Rockets being fired from Syria. Rows of tanks. I mean, again, Hamas, I'm looking at the headlines here from Drudge, the latest headlines. 
40 babies in one town, some found beheaded. Who would do this? For, for, for what purpose? It's over territory? It's sickening. For anybody to try to equate with it, what Israel is doing in response to what Hamas is doing, it's another unprovoked attack by Hamas. 1,600 people so far killed. And I'm, you know, we're in the fourth day of this. By the time this airs, there'll be, there'll be no doubt other deaths. New York City is on alert for lone wolf attacks. And the money keeps flowing. And, you know, at three, we give Israel $3.8 billion every year. And that money is, uh, that, that amount will be upped, no doubt. And I'm not saying it shouldn't be. But the money is still flowing to Ukraine. Where is this money coming from? We don't have it. We're $25, $30 billion, or it's billion, trillion, $30 trillion in debt. We're printing money to send to Ukraine and other parts of the world. And we're borrowing from China to pay it back. I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous. But this is, I'm going to focus just on the attacks. This, the sheer brutality of these attacks is unbelievable. Netanyahu said, you know, Hamas may have started this, but Israel will end it. We know it's how it's going to end. Israel is going to crush Hamas. Gaza is already under siege. Everything's been closed off. Food, supplies, fuel, they are being basically cut off from the outside world by Israel. They are pounding the Gaza Strip. Fiercest air attacks from Israel in its 75-year conflict with the Palestinians. Whole districts are being destroyed. Just turn to rubble. And, you know, as I mentioned at the top of the program, Hamas militants are threatening to execute a captive for each home hit. It's Israel's 9-11. And the victims, overwhelmingly civilians, gunned down in their homes or on streets or at a dance party. And some are, have been taken hostage. Again, Americans are being held hostage. It's like it's 1979 all over again. It's the 70s. Biden is Carter. And Trump will be Reagan. I guarantee it. I mean, the stage is being set. Can you imagine if Trump were president? It wouldn't happen. There'd be no attack on Israel. There'd be no Russia invasion of Ukraine. It just it wouldn't happen. But Iran is behind the attacks. President Biden, uh, he spoke today. I mean, I could, I could watch and listen to only so much of it. He didn't mention anything about Iran. Iran is responsible, no matter what they say. But Iran is behind the attacks. How did Obama-Biden deal with Iran? They released billions of dollars in frozen assets. I think Obama sold, if I'm not mistaken, Iran drones. Why not put a bow on them? Obama caused more trouble around the world than most people will ever realize. He was a disruptive force. He followed the Alinsky method. Create chaos. Upset the status quo. To what end? To create a vacuum. And boy, a vacuum has been created in the Middle East. Once Trump gets reelected, and he will, he will restore order to the Middle East and our country, parts of our country that have been destroyed by the enemy within, chiefly the Marxists who are the base of the Democrat Party. They control the blue states. They control most of our major cities, which look like third world countries in these cities. Crime is rampant. Criminals are walking the streets, looting and robbing and pillaging. That crap's coming to an end. <clears throat> I'll tell you one way or the other. The silent majority is not going to remain silent for much longer. People are fed up. We're tired of seeing our country destroyed, its institutions maligned, its educational establishment overrun by unelected collectivist bureaucrats. At some point, there's going to be some major pushback. We're seeing it already. 
Much of the cultural revolution we're experiencing is being waged in our public schools and our public universities, in which many of which are uh, is rampant, are rampant with anti-Semitism, which is on the rise around the country, certainly around Europe. And I think that a lot of the anti-Semitism is fueling these attacks on Israel. The Saudi crown prince, I mean, I know we have a, a touchy relationship. It's complicated with Saudi Arabia, but the crown prince continues to stand by Palestinians, the Palestinian people. Then you have this moron in, in uh, Ukraine, Zelensky, saying Moscow is trying to incite the Middle East, trying to incite trouble. Maybe they are. So who is Hamas? Now, most of us, anybody who even pays a a little bit of attention to the news knows Hamas is a terrorist organization. They are funded by Iran. That's not a secret. Unless you watch MSNBC or CNN. A spokesman for Iran, Ghazi Hamad, told the BBC that terrorist group has received funding for the attack, according to the Wall Street Journal. And Iran has for a long time stated that their objective is to destroy Israel. They make no bones about it. But you have these liberal apologists here in America saying, no, that's not Iran's aim. Now, we know that Iran is, uh, has, as their objective, they've stated it, to destroy Israel. That's their endgame. They've also have said they're developing a nuclear weapon. They have no nukes, according to the UN and according to Iran. Israel has some 300 nukes, so they're going to take care of business. So hopefully, they don't use nuclear weapons, but they have them at their disposal if they choose to. But Iran in the past, have, they've threatened to, in their own words, wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Now, if you, you know, if you, a lot of people are saying this, this is the beginning of World War III. We're in the end times. I mean, we may or may not be. Nobody knows. I'm familiar with Ezekiel chapters 37 and 38. And it looks like some things are, it's like a piece to the puzzle. These pieces to the puzzle are falling into place. But the leader, one leader of Iran said, they ask, is it possible for us to witness a world without America and Zionism? It always comes back to Jerusalem. You ever notice? It always comes back to Jerusalem. The Bible predicted thousands of years ago that the end time events would revolve around Jerusalem. As somebody pointed out, it's not going to happen around San Francisco or Los Angeles, but Jerusalem. It's a tiny little city. It's a sliver of land but it's going to play a key role in the events leading up to the last days. If, you want, if you're interested, read uh, Zechariah chapter 12, verses 3 and 4. God says, I will make Jerusalem like an intoxicating drink that makes the nearby nations stagger when they send their armies to besiege Jerusalem and Judah. On that day, I will make Jerusalem an immovable rock. All the nations will gather against it to try to move it, but they will only hurt themselves. It's in the Bible, so I believe it's going to play out that way. I know Russia's going to get involved, Gog and Magog, and Iran's going to jump in there at some point during the end times. That's what it's predicted in in Ezekiel. And uh, are we there yet? I'm not sure. There's so many other stories that are kind of branching out from this to get to. I want to make mention of Kevin McCarthy because, you know, I read today there's a piece by John Gizzi in Newsmax. I interviewed John Gizzi a couple of times. Fine reporter. For Newsmax, he covers the White House and Washington, D.C., and he says Kevin, the idea that Kevin McCarthy may return as House Speaker is not as far-fetched as one might think. Uh, the House conference is meeting this evening, as I record this on a Tuesday evening, to hear candidates make their pitch to be Speaker. There's a secret vote 
planned for Wednesday, which would be today if you're listening to this for the first time. But the battle between uh, Majority Leader Steve Scalise and Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan is a stalemate. I mean, neither guy has the necessary votes to become speaker. So what's going to happen? We need a speaker, especially during these perilous times with war in the Middle East. So privately, McCarthy has been supporting Jordan's bid for the speakership. But a number of California Republicans are pushing the idea to get McCarthy back as speaker if Jordan can't win. This is all in in Gizzy's piece. So it's it's you know it's not going to be Matt Gates, unfortunately. So McCarthy may be back as speaker sooner than later. Who knows? All right, what else happening here? There is uh, there is a uh, report. I saw this on on Drudge. Uh, the Deutsche Bank is is predicting us a, a return to seventies style stagflation. It may happen again. Now I lived through that. I was in high school until nineteen seventy seven, but I remember those. Long lines at the gas station, the uh, the stagflation, high unemployment, uh, high inflation. It was awful. It was during the Carter years. And a major Wall Street bank is saying, look, we're running the risk that inflation expectations could become unanchored in this in a similar fashion. Now, I, don't, I think the number is 3.7 or whatever it is. Don't believe it. I don't care what the government says the inflation number is. It's a lot worse than that. Just go to the supermarket. As I mentioned, I think, on the last show, I do a lot of the food shopping for the family, and everything goes up, 50 cents, a buck. Sometimes some of the things we buy that I like to eat, they go up like 50 cents a week. So that can say it's 3.7 or 3.2. It's it's a lot higher. Oil prices are 4% higher this week. As, you know, the, the situation in the Middle East becomes perilous, it has a, an effect on Middle Eastern crude supplies. It shouldn't. We should be totally fuel efficient, as we were under Trump. And hopefully he wins and we will be again. Totally self-sufficient in gas and oil. There's no reason we shouldn't be. We were the largest exporter of oil and natural gas in the world under Trump. We have more reserves under our our surface of our 50 states than any other country in the world. So why are we importing oil from Venezuela or from countries that hate us? I mean, it makes no sense. That's Biden. That's Obama. No, no drilling in, in Anwar or in Alaska or any of the, uh, the the natural pipelines that they're closing off. But the growing list of, of uh, similarities to the 1970s includes the, the spike in energy prices and in food prices. And inflation remains above the central bank's target in every G7 country, including the U.S. That's a disturbing trend. It's not going to get any better in the next 18 months to two years. It's If anything, it's going to get worse. I hate to end on a on a negative note, but again, uh, there's really not a lot positive to report. There's a lot here I didn't get to. Uh, hopefully, the news is better by the next time we uh, sit down and discuss this. If you want to listen to some fine podcasters, go to the bmgnetwork.com. You have this show up there at least once a week, The Pac-Man, with me, Ted Flint. We have Adrian Ross, who is uh, doing a, a series of woman-on-the-street interviews, which are very good. You can follow her on social media. She does her show on, I think, Tuesday nights. My daughter, Madeline, with The Essentials with Maddie Flint. That's up there. Some really fine programming and some good columns, if I do say so myself, under the PAC perspective. If you want to contact me directly, it's PACMAN, P-A-C-M-A-N, at thebmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. Yeah, I wish I had better news. You know, the one thing just popped into my head. Donald Trump said when he was president, he issued 
a warning to Iran. I don't have the exact quote, but he warned against any attack on America. He said, and again, I'm paraphrasing, we will respond in a way in which you have never before seen. That's the kind of strength we need in the White House. If Trump were president, Hamas would not be so brazen. And as I mentioned at the top of the program, Russia would not be in Ukraine. Inflation would not be through the roof as it is. Oil prices would be considerably lower than they are now. Who knows? God is uh, hes still on the throne. And I don't worry. It doesn't keep me awake at night because there's not a lot we can do about it here. There, there is something we can do about our politics locally and certainly at the county level, at the state level. But as you get further up the chain, it becomes more difficult to, to make change. So affect change at your local level, at your local school district, your local town and village board. Affect change where you can. And, uh, you know, stay close to God because uh, I think we're, we're going to enter some very serious times here. And I'm not going out on a limb by, by saying that. Thank you very much for tuning us in. If you want to contact me directly, it's Pacman, P-A-C-M-A-N, at the B-M-G network.com, all lowercase. And that's about going to wrap things up for this program. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. And if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.